We welcome you in to another episode of the Small Ball Podcast. Alongside me, I have Trevor Mikulin. Behind the camera, we got producer Andy. My name's Christian Dennis, and today Scott Ayers is out. He's out. So you know what that means, folks. Quick quick check on the, the Miss Show's board. Scott now sits at four, um, so he's climbing the ladders, which we never thought this day would happen. Um, Christian's at nine. I'm at eight. That's the update. Yep. So as you can see, there is another num- number next to Scott's, which is always good to see. But you know what, Trevor? I have something that I really need to get off my chest. Let's hear it. Why don't we hold Andy accountable to missing shows the same way that you, me, and Scott are held accountable? Andy? Andy? Nonsense. There's no reason why I should be held accountable. Andy was in Hawaii last week <laughs> and missed the podcast and for all the reasons that we've missed a podcast, we've got a mark on the board. So I think it's right. time that Andy's name gets tossed on the board. Here's the thing. If we we're going to throw him up there, we need to figure out the number that we're going to start on because Andy <laughs> Andy automatically takes first place. You're just trying to figure out someone to take first place over you. You know, I would love to just account for all the shows that Andy missed, but I think it's fair to give him a, give him a pass because he was in school. He was in a different state. So I'll let that one pass. But I think starting now, we should toss his name on that board. I like that. We'll figure out a number to, to start him at that feels even for everyone. Yeah. And then we'll uh, we'll let it tally up. Because you're, you're <laughs> just as much of a member of this pod as we are. Yeah. You know that, Andy? Yeah, I No, I do know that. And I will say the, the Hawaii trip, valid. That is my first <laughs> vacation. We also, this reminds me, we need to do a photo shoot maybe in front of the playoff sign. Of all of us in jerseys, and that's going to be the new, um, fo- like uh, podcast, you know, artwork, whatever. Oh, dude, that well, should, we should we need you up for there our, for our one year celebration. We should <laughs> <laughs> the one year, yeah, six hey, months ago. Yeah, Scott's Scott's still planning that one, so we'll yeah. hopefully have something available. Yeah, that, that'll happen. Let's talk ball. Yeah, yeah, it's been a wild week in the NBA. Um, you know, if you missed anything from this past week, we got you. Um, Let's just start off with Draymond Green with the 360 tornado punch to your, <laughs> to Nurkic um, to the point where he is suspended indefinitely. I thought I was watching WWE. I was watching that live, and my reaction was like my jaw hit the floor. I was like, what did I just see? Did he just do that? They showed the replay. I thought, surely, no, he didn't just tornado punch this dude. No, the replay showed he tornado punched this dude. And... Uh, he, he it was ridiculous. It's laughable. Everyone saw it. I'm so glad the NBA suspended him for as long as they did. He deserves it. Um, I'm I am not a Draymond. I'm just picturing now because they're requiring him to go to counseling. I'm just picturing the movie Anger Management with Adam Sandler. Yeah, and and that's what Draymond's going to be doing for the next who knows how long. Right. I think suspension wise, it's it's got to be ten to fifteen games at least. And you know what? Knowing the NBA. His first game back is going to be against the Sacramento Kings. Right, right, right. What else happened? Uh, you can't forget Giannis dropping a career-high uh, franchise record, 64 points in a game, to then get his ball stolen by the Indiana Pacers because they're a rookie who scored his first technical career point in that game. Um, it felt like he deserved the game ball. He didn't deserve the game. So what happened was game ends. 
Indiana Pacers assistant coach grabs the ball because that player scored, and Giannis is freaking out because he really wanted the game ball. I, it sounds like you're on the side of Giannis. I'm not on the side of Giannis. The way, really? the, the way that Giannis reacted was like a child running around, watching the videos of him assaulting people in the hallway, throwing people to the side, trying to go get a game ball. You can't act like that. He's a human just like any one of us. He's a citizen. He's acting like, like an absolute buffoon running through the hall. And I, I love Giannis, but what the heck is how, why are we allowing this? Why is this okay? <laughs> I do agree that Giannis's reaction was a little bit overdone. It was too much. He shouldn't have acted that way. But when it comes to, he scored, a, he, he now owns the franchise record points in a game. It's his career high. He deserves the game ball, not some rookie who's made one free throw. And technically, he made that same rookie made a free throw in the in-season tournament championship game. But since that game isn't classified as a real game, it doesn't count. My, it's like he technically has scored in the NBA. My final thoughts on this. If any person was to do that in public, out just at a bar or whatever... They could get arrested and they could, you know, but because it's Giannis and because whatever, he's okay. Next one. Andy. Okay. Sorry. I know we want to be quick, but I feel like I would see the same reactions in like pickup games in a wreck. <laughs> like oh, people get crazy, bro, when it comes to sports. But I mean, you're right. Giannis shouldn't be acting like that. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was so overreaction for a game ball. Relax, dude. And apparently it's not, it's not the, it's not the real ball. Just get him the ball. But it is funny seeing all the memes of like literally anytime any player now gets a record, it's like the coach made sure to grab the game ball. Well, here's the thing. His reaction's ridiculous. Who knows if the coach would have just been like, oh, you wanted that bad? Here you go. Because all the coach is doing is just doing his job, trying to look out for his player that got his first career point and bring it in. It's not like they're like, ha we stole the ball. Well, actually, the Pacers were saying, don't give him the ball, don't give him the ball. So, like, there were people on the Pacers team that oh. were, like, like yelling not to give him the ball. Oh. But I just want to say one more thing before we move on here. If I was that rookie who got that game ball, I'd be like, you know what, Giannis? I'll trade you. Give me a signed game-worn jersey of yourself, and I'll give you this ball. Because that's going to be worth more than anything this rookie is going to do this season alone. So Sure. Anything else, Trevor? Uh, Chet Holmgren, eight blocks in a game, almost had a triple-double with a block, with blocks. And, and while the game was going on, this is against the Nuggets, a game that they won, probably their best win of the, ser- uh, of the season so far for sure. Um, he was so close to getting that triple-double because they had it counted at nine during the game. Then after the game, they took away mm. one of the blocks. But he finished with eight. Chet Holmgren is by far the leader in rookie of the year right now for me. Yeah, I mean, we've said it here on the pod before, or at least I know I did. But I said that Chet is the rookie of the year um, before the season started. I said that I think this is his uh, award to lose. Um, just because of the situation that he's in with OKC, they're you know he's clearly making a huge impact for the team. They have a rim protector. They have another offensive scoring threat, a person to run the offense through. Chet's been awesome this year, and I mean we're seeing OKC take this huge leap from play in to top of the West. I, I believe they're sitting at like the second seed right now, and I mean like they just beat the defending champs, Denver Nuggets. Who's the third seed? So it's right. like, that's a legit win 
for OKC. And it's, it is really great to see, you know, kind of Sam Presti's scheme all kind of coming together. It's insane. And they could get better, which we're going to get to. Oh, yeah. But, dude, I mean, their defensive rating and offensive rating are top eight in the NBA. And they, they're doing it behind Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who should be a, a, a all-star starter for sure. Um, so... They're great. They got so many pieces. We talked about them. And yeah, we'll talk more about them later in the show about a trade that we think could take them to that next legit contender level. For sure. And, you know, we have to mention Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray! 12 threes. 12 threes in a game, 11 straight. He shot 12 for 14 that game. Yeah. First, that is insane efficiency. First player ever to shoot and make 11 threes straight. Like, it's the most made threes in a row. Which is nuts. He broke the record for most threes in Sacramento Kings um, franchise, franchise history in a game. He broke the record for most points scored in a game for the Kings with 26 in the third. Oh, in, in a quarter? In a quarter. Got it. Um, he... I want to say he broke some other records. I mean, to shoot... 12 for 14 from the three-point line in a game is absolutely insane. And this was all by, like, the third quarter. I mean, we were just blowing the doors off of Utah, so we had to take them out. Um, So who could have – we don't even know what could have happened if he played more minutes in that fourth quarter. Steph talked about – there was a live reaction from Steph. Did you see that video? I did. I saw it today. <clears throat> yeah. And he basically said, oh, like he got pulled because this was at the point where he got pulled out already. He yeah. said Clay could have had 18 threes, um, I believe, in Chicago um, when Clay, ha- Clay holds the record right now. So super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Keegan Murray finishes the game with 47 points, which is a career high for the, the second year Sacramento Kings. So it's, it's a great sign for, for Kings fans. Obviously, we're two of the biggest ones on this podcast. So, of course, we had to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we did a good job wrapping up yeah. the, the last week. Yeah, the NBA is nothing short of entertaining. That's for sure. I can't wait to see what we got in store. And also, too, Christmas Day games, what's going to happen there. So, right. um, But now that the in-season tournament is over, this is normally around the time of year we talk about trades. Mm-hmm. This is uh, December 15th was the first date where... A lot of players became eligible for trade. The next big important date is January 15th. And then, of course, the trade deadline, which is in February. What's the 15th of January? Uh, January 15th is another date where players from the this summer... Um, that signed? Are, that, that signed are eligible for Got a trade. It. And what was the, the 15th of December? Uh, it's just another date. So it, I think it depends on if a player was like extended. It's probably like Got the you. 15th Got you. if they were... Signed for the first time. It's mm. the fifth, uh, December fifteenth. Gotcha. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to come up with a couple of trade ideas. This is all based on rumors that I see on Twitter and stuff like that. And you know, some of this, some of these might be just ones that I just made up. But I thought it'd be great to have you play as the GM. Which GM am I? Um, okay, so we'll, are you are you going to play as the GM? I'm going to play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play as a GM, and then um, I'll 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 let you know which GM you're going to be. So. Okay. Um, for this one, um, <clears throat> you are Mashai Ujiri from the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, I'm calling. calling me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling. That really confused me. Ring, ring, ring. 
Oh shoot. I got the Atlanta uh, the Atlanta Hawks are calling the Raptors right now. Oh, hey, what's up Atlanta? Hey, Masai, I really like Pascal Siakam. Yeah, we do too. And you know, I'm here to offer you a, a trade that you can't resist. Mm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, so your your Pascal Siakam's expiring deal, it's not looking too good in Toronto. You're probably going to want to trade him because mm. he probably doesn't want to resign with you guys. So let me make it easier for you. I'm willing to offer you DeAndre Hunter, uh, Patty Mills, Sadiq Bay, a 2024 first-round pick via Sacramento, and um, I'll toss in a 2025 second-rounder from Minnesota. What, what do you say? You, you got a deal? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I think that's close. Uh, I, like, I like Sadiq. I like the first-round pick. Um, and DeAndre Hunter is a valuable asset. If I'm Toronto and I'm dealing with Atlanta, I would probably ask for um, Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Um, I think that would maybe be the the hiccup in that deal would be we see another guy on your team we'd prefer over DeAndre. Yeah, I honestly, when I was trying to construct this this trade scenario, I was thinking – uh, Jalen Johnson or a guy who hasn't played a lot this year, but his rookie year, he was pretty good. AJ Griffin. Yeah. I think, you know, if the Raptors are moving Siakam, it's clearly obvious that, you know, and then they've all always already made this known that they want to build around Scotty right. Barnes. And so you need shooting. So yeah. that's where, you know, Deandre Hunter and Sadiq Bay can provide some value there. And they're, they're three and D guys. So they're going to be tough. So, and having him with OG mm-hmm. and having Scotty Barnes kind of run it, run the, the show there, a lot of defense, a lot of length. And I think if you are Toronto, you're starting to get a little worried about Pascal Siakam's value as an expiring contract. Yep. And there's question marks whether or not he's going to sign with the team he gets traded to. So that could actually work. That could work because if you're, if you're Toronto, you're thinking to yourself, are we going to get a better offer for this guy? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Raptors do just because Siakam literally is on an expiring deal and there's a lot of interest. You know, the Pacers are another team that's throwing their name out there. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what they end up getting if they decide to move um, Siakam. All right. right, So next one. Who am I? You are Danny Ainge. Oh, Utah. Yeah. yeah. Ring, ring, ring. The Thunder are calling. Okay, let me answer this. Hey, Danny. Uh, it's your boy Sam Presti from the Thunder here. Um, Sammy, how are the kids? Yeah, they're great. Now, let's let's not talk about them. I want to okay. talk about your kid, Lowry Marketing. Oh. He's a cutie, and I think that I want to offer you Vasily Micic, mm. Josh Giddy, 2024 first-round pick via Houston, 2024 first round pick via Utah. I'll give you your pick back. Thanks. I'll also give you your 2028 second round pick back. And I'll toss in an uh, our 2025 first round pick. So three first round picks, a second round pick, Josh Giddy and Michich. What do you say? You got a deal? This is a great win-win for both of us. You got a deal. I like that. I like that trade, Christian. That makes sense for Utah. And it makes sense for OKC. I'll talk from Utah's perspective really quickly. It, it Last season, they showed flashes. Mm-hmm. Lowry Markinen 
is a star, um, but it's not enough in the West. Mm-mm. It's not enough. And at this point, they have a lot of draft capital because of the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert trades. Awesome start. They can kind of go down the, the OKC t- path and get some um, more picks. And you get, I know, you know, with, with all the allegations and stuff going on with Josh Giddy, his name's kind of tarnished. But Josh Giddy is a talented basketball player. Um, and so you have him as a, as a building block um, to put with, with, with some of the young assets in Utah. I think that makes, makes a ton of sense for them. And, and you kind of capitalize on Lowry Markinen being as valuable as potentially he'll ever be right now. He's still, he's still fairly young. Uh, so I, th- I believe he's 27. Um, so I think that that is a great move for Utah. Yeah. yeah I love this pit, this trade idea for both teams. Um, just because Josh Giddy's having a down year this year. Um, and I think that's because Jalen Williams has been playing really good basketball and what Jalen Williams can do on the floor can easily replace what Josh Giddy does on the floor. Right. And, and he's a better defender, better shooter. Better shooter. Um, and so your starting lineup for the Thunder would be SGA, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, Lowry Marketing, and Chet Holmgren, which that is a pretty <laughs> sick starting five, and that's still a really young starting five. So there's a lot of growth there. And, you know, I threw in three first-round picks here. The Thunder have an insane amount of picks that this doesn't even do a dent into what they no. could offer. And eventually they're going to have to get rid of these assets because they can't, they can't have a 20, 30 man roster. They can't. Yeah. So they're going to have to package those up for some players here soon. And what better player to do it than Lowry? I think that that right there puts OKC into the driver's seat in the West as far as the, the, the team to beat. And what a fun team for a long time. Oh Yeah. This, this could be the, the puzzle piece that uh, Thunder fans have been waiting for. A hundred percent, yeah. And also, too, I just want to s- touch on Utah real quick. Getting Josh Giddy and Michich, I think, is a great add because one thing that like we're seeing a huge struggle with Utah compared to last year is they don't have a good point guard. Mm. They don't have a true point guard, where is you have Josh Giddy who can kind of run that point and he can kind of do whatever. And then you have Keontae George right. who has shown really good signs and has been a really good shooter. So they kind of complement each other there. Yeah, I was going to say Giddy playing the point to me, that that should be his true position is the point guard position. He needs, he needs to essentially run a team. Right. Yeah, the way he's being used in OKC has worked. Um, but with SGA being the primary ball handler, it doesn't really maximize his potential. So I think in Utah, you can we're going to see if that trade goes down in our, in our fantasy world. Yeah. We are going to see Josh Giddy take it to another level, I believe. And Josh Giddy, you guys, I know the stuff that's happened this year and come out sucks, but he is so good. He does everything except shoot the basketball. Yeah. Yeah, he does. All right, let's go on to the next one. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm sure Andy will have some input on it since it does relate to his dear calves. Um, so we'll start off with Trevor and then we'll get to you, Andy. Okay. So Trevor, you are Kobe Altman of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ring, ring, ring. Hey, what's up? What's up? Hey, it's me, Brooklyn Nets here. <laughs> what's going on? Uh, what's up with that Donovan Mitchell kid, huh? 
Donovan's happy. He's doing great. He just told me he's going to resign. Maybe really, really. All right. Well, let me let me toss in a trade I'm idea. Trying, I'm trying to raise his value a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Continue. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. So all right. So you know, in Brooklyn, we we could really use another shooting guard who's you know elite scorer. So mm. how about you give us Donovan Mitchell and uh, Tristan Thompson? Oh, Tristan. I like that guy. Uh, continue anyways. Uh, and we will give you Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal, a 2025 first round pick via Phoenix, a 2027 first round pick via Philly. And then we'll give you a 2027 first round pick. Um, but this is a, it's our pick, but Houston holds the swap rights. Mm. I'm hanging up. Really? Yeah, I'm not doing that if I'm Cleveland. Uh, I don't believe in Cam Thomas. Cam Johnson. Cam. Oh, Cam Johnson. Yeah, even more so. Um, he's just an. You think of Cam Johnson, you're like, oh, that guy's young. He's like 28. <laughs> I mean, so for NBA standards, it's not like a young prospect. Um, but it would free up Darius Garland. But I just don't think that's the Donovan Mitchell trade that that I would make. If I'm Cleveland, I think that there's going to be better uh, players out there available. Andy? Trash. Trash. Donovan Mitchell needs to stay in Cleveland, like he said he would, because mm. he's a Cleveland legend. And uh, Brooklyn has nothing to offer unless they give us uh, Claxton, uh, either one of the Cams or Mikel. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, a couple, like two, maybe three more draft picks. Holy crap. <laughs> You're trying to get a Mitchell's a untouchable. That's yeah. what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. I, I just threw this out there um, just because, you know, Don, Donovan Mitchell, they always tie him to the Knicks because he's a New York guy. But it's like, well, Brooklyn's there too. So that's also in New York. So that's yeah. an option. And I just think that if Brooklyn was able to get an actual, like, number one option, I think that they could be really good. I just, I love McCall, uh, McCall Bridges. I just don't think he's a number one. Mikhail. Mikel, Mikel Bridges, I just don't think he's a number one. I think he's a better second, third option. And having Donovan Mitchell on a team where he's next to Bridges and then has Claxton, I think defensively that can support him. And then for the Cavs, I was thinking um, eventually they're going to have to move on from Jared Allen. Um, and I think they should move Mobley to the five. And I thought Cam could be a good stretch four that could complement Mobley. Um, and then also, you know, having a, a threat with Garland off the pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, so that was kind of my thought process there. Um, the Cavs are just in such a weird spot with all the injuries they're dealing with. If I'm Cleveland, you have a bona fide superstar in Donovan Mitchell. If, if I have to trade a player to make it work, I'm not looking to trade Mitchell. I'm looking to trade Garland and Jarrett Allen and seeing what I can get for that and building around Mobley and Donovan. That that's what makes more sense if I'm Cleveland. But I th I think it I think they've already been able to secure a player like Donovan uh mm -hmm. with a trade. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they can do that again. I think it's harder to come by when you have a really good point guard like you do with Garland. Yeah. And I think that's in my opinion, you keep that over anything. You keep Garland and Mobley because when you have a guy who understands the court, understands where people are going to be and how they play, and who he, he's he's been with the league since he got drafted. So um, he's been with this team. He's been through every kind of upset about it, and I think he he has a vision 
about this Cavs team that you can't really replace. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're getting in, like, an all-star point guard, you can't replace it. It's- so, let me ask you this. Gun to your head. You had to trade Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell. Who are you trading? I'm turning the gun on Dean Wade. <laughs> 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 no, uh, Mitchell. Yeah, I would yeah. trade Mitchell. I think he's... Uh, I, I, I think I'm more invested in a future, right? And right. I think he's... If he's going to leave, then yeah, I would want to trade him. But to me, I, I've never really gotten that indication. I know people are really scared and like people make a lot of rumors, but I've never really gotten the indication that he's unhappy either. So that's a good point. Yeah. He said nothing but good things. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is all just rumors that, you know, is Stephen A just pushing his agenda to get Stephen. some superstar <laughs> to New York? Let's all rapid, right. Let's rapid fire these next. Yeah. Next one here. Um, we'll make it quick. You are Will Dawkins of the Wizards. Oh. Ring, <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Yeah, what's up, man? Hey, man, it's it's Dallas here. Oh, oh I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm depressed. <laughs> hey, man, you know, Kyle Kuzma is a player that I really like. Uh, I think he would be really good next to Kyrie and Luca here. So let me offer you this. Yeah. You give us Kyle Kuzma. And Mike Muscala, and we'll give you who? Moose, Mike Muscala. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we'll give you Tim Hardaway Jr., Rashawn Holmes, and a 2026 first round pick unprotected. Oh, I'll do it for pool. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. That's not enough for Kyle Kuzma. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think Kuzma demands a couple firsts at the very least, or a first and a player. Yeah, Tim Hardaway, Rashawn Holmes, that, those are guys. Those out. are just salary. Filler those are guys. salary fillers. Those aren't actual assets. And if you're Washington and you do that, the only benefit is you get a late first round pick from Dallas, and then you end up sucking more if you could suck more so that you get a higher pick in the draft. And it's not like Kuzma's winning the basketball games right now. So to me. No thanks. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll hold out and wait for someone else that's more desperate. It'd be, it's it, I'm curious to see what happens with Kuzma if they try to move him this deadline or in the summer to just free up on money. And Kuzma's having his arguably best season oh, ever. Oh, he's great. He's been amazing this season. Yeah. So yeah. I'm holding out, waiting for something more. But I think they do have to deal Kuzma. Yeah, but. I mean, just how sick would Kuzma be on Dallas? I just, I just think that would be a good, a nice little pairing there. All right, moving forward. Uh, this one. This one is one of the more lamer ones, so we don't have to spend a ton of time. But you are Troy Weaver of Detroit Pistons. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Oh, I'm depressed. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's Orlando Magic calling. Oh, hey, Orlando. All right, man. You guys suck. Hey. Let me, let me you know, give you some assets for a deteriorating old player you got on your team. Hey, hey. We... It. The Orlando Magic want Bojan Bogdanovich. Is Boyan? Get Boyan. Right. <laughs> My bad. Boyan Bogdanovich. I don't. I actually don't know if that's true, but yeah. Anyways, it's yeah. one of the two. We want Bogdanovich. We'll give you Gary Harris, mm. a promising Chuma Okiki, mm. uh, the twenty twenty four first round pick, the more fa- favorable. Of the of the picks, and then we'll give you a twenty twenty four second round. Pick. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to build a big two, Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich. <laughs> we'll do that. I don't care. I I feel like that's that's enough for an aging guy. He's like fifty four. 
Yeah, old. dude. Bojan is like 34, 35, 33. He's like, he's like in his, yeah. you know, mid thirties. He's old. And there's no reason for the Pistons to just keep him in purgatory. He would be good on a team like the Magic who need a little bit more scoring threat. Yeah. You know, good outside shooter. That's kind of why I would love to see Bogdanovich on the Magic. Yeah. Also, update just for the fans. The the losing count for Detroit is at 23 in a row. So The record's 26. The record is 26. And uh, there's a fun Reddit read that I have that could save them. Okay. We'll do that All at right. the end. We have one more. We have a Bulls. Kings one or a Bulls Hornets one? Give me the Kings one. Of course. Ring, ring, ring. Hey, it's Monty McNair of Sacramento. How's it going? Who am I talking with? Uh, you're talking here with the Bulls. Hey, Bully Bulls. What's up? Um, I'm so, just at Temple Coffee sipping on a latte. Wow. You're such a Sacramento local. Yeah. Uh, so it's clear as day. Zach Levine is interested in playing with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. make it happen here. Yeah. Um, it's funny because you said you're Monty McNair because I was gonna let you. I'm Monty. I was, McNair. No, I was gonna let you be the Bulls GM, and I was gonna be Monty. It's too late. All right, all right, Mon- Okay, Monty, what's your best offer? What's my best offer? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. All right. There's no way I'm giving you Keegan. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing the reports that the Chicago Bulls want win now players. Well, let me tell you. In Sacramento, there are some win-now players. Let me introduce you to NBA champion Harrison Barnes. Eastern Conference finalist player Kevin Herter. Mm. And he's young. He's 25. And let me introduce you to NCAA champion Davion Mitchell Mm. for Zach Levine. Mm. These these three players equal the amount that Levine is worth uh, per year. So what do you say? Do we got to trade? If I'm Monty, <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah, I'm, if, if, if I'm Monty, I'm I'm hitting that green button. I'm doing that. But the Bulls, um, yeah, I don't know if that's the direction they want to go. If they, I don't are, think anyone knows what direction the Bulls yeah, want to go. And who knows what else they're getting for Levine? Like what else is being offered their way? Well, I can't imagine it being a whole lot. Yeah, that's where my second... I'll just throw out my second one, which yeah. was with the Hornets. Uh, yep. So Levine to the Hornets. And it was Gordon Hayward, James Booknight, and then I just threw in a couple second-round picks. Um talking about? For the Hornets. The Hornets would trade arrested, Gordon Hayward. Arrested felon James Booknight? I'm talking super young <laughs> potential James Booknight. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could fill it in with any other... You know, Hornets player, Hornets young player. <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, from all the reports that we're seeing, it's like there's not a whole lot of trade market for Levine because of his contract. So it's yeah. like the whole point of the Bulls trading, if they do trade Levine, is to just get off his contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the Kings trade that I mentioned, you get Kevin Herter, who's a great shooter. And you get Davion Mitchell, who's 25 and can play defense. So there's some sort, and they're under contract for a little bit. Uh, of course, you have Harrison Barnes, who just signed his contract for three years. Um, so that might not be enticing. But again, if you want these quote-unquote win-now players, those three players, I feel like, would have a bigger impact 
for the Bulls than having Levine, you know, who doesn't seem to be bought in this year right. and kind of has requested his way out. Right. That's interesting. I like that. Good yeah. trades, Christian. Thank you. Thank you. You are our trade guru on this, I tr- on this pod. I try to be. So let us know in the comments what your trade you would do. Uh, if you have any more trades, let us know. Mm. Uh, and we'd love to talk about it. But going into, uh, you know, the next segment here, Trevor has been scouring Reddit lately. And if you are not on Reddit, NBA Reddit, it is a very wild place so we're just going to let trevor just read some of the wildest things he's seen yeah so every week i'll come with a new reddit story and uh these are hilarious so i don't even know uh, yeah reddit is a crazy place christian it's a dark place it is a dark place so here is um a reddit posting for uh, a way to fix the Detroit Pistons, who have lost 23 games in a row i'm just going to read it and let's just react as i go all right so the title of this Reddit post, should the Detroit Pistons kill <laughs> kill five of their players to trigger a disaster draft to improve their roster? Okay. The NBA disaster draft is a contingency plan to be used when five or more players on a team have died or have dismembered, <laughs> have, been, have been dismembered. In the draft, the team whose players died will be able to draft the amount of players from other teams equivalent to how many they had lost. Other teams, though, are only allowed to protect five players from being drafted, but many teams have got good six men that are available. With the Pistons having made no progress in the last few years under Troy Troy Weaver and immensely underperforming relative to their expectations this season, we could just kill two-way players and bench scrubs like James Wiseman to fill those five kills to get the disaster draft. Also, according to Bill Simmons, the team would also get the first pick in next year's draft. Now, this next draft class is weak, so I would understand their hesitancy. That's why they're hesitant. Because <laughs> of how weak the draft class. And being a repeat offender, that is killing five players on your team on two separate occasions, would raise some eyebrows. But this could still greatly improve them, no doubt. That's insane. Honestly, this is a oh, theory. That's a dark post. This, that is, is, this is a very dark post. And this theory is like a year way too late. Because like, if you're going to do this, you should have did it when it Wemby was in the draft, right? Um, but I, I'm just like I'm, one. I'm curious. Like, is that actual actually real? It has to be a real rule. Yeah, I don't it, know. you know they got to keep in count for like in case there was like um, a a plane crash or something like that. But right. the players that I would probably get rid of from the Pistons. I no, hold I don't on. think two-way don't, players count. Don't, I don't think we need to go down this path. But I'm just saying, like, there's some players. <laughs> Who that, are the five worst players is what you're trying to get at? I'm just saying there's some players on that team that are making a lot of money that don't necessarily perform to Got their it. contract. So that would be a player that I would consider uh, maybe dismembering. I got no comment. <laughs> I got no comment. That's a wild Reddit post. We'll have more coming, but holy moly, what a crazy mind that came up with that. Unbelievable. Sick. Absolutely. <laughs> so sick. I love that he goes, he goes, um, what did he say? He said like this year's upcoming draft. Is yeah. Like, he's like, I'm hesitant to doing this because the draft is weak this yeah. year. 
<laughs> not because I'd be killing five people, but this week, this year is just kind of a weak draft. Yeah. yeah. So just absolute chaos in Detroit. Yeah. You Anyways, know, I hope they I hope they break the record of missed games. I do too. Or most, I'm most rooting losses. on their downfall. Jaden Ivey's too cocky. Yeah, Pistons fans were cocky. Remember yeah. when we drafted Keegan and they were like, <laughs> "The Kings gave us Marvin Bagley and Jaden Ivey." Yeah, how's that working out for you guys? Yeah, good yeah. call. Sit down, and shut up. Sit down, Scott. We miss you. Yeah, this uh, concludes a new uh, another episode of of the pod. Um, Scott did want to mention that they got. One of the best recruits in Nebraska history for quarterback. So I don't know what that necessarily means, but cool. Um, there's no podcast next week. It's Christmas. Um, so with that being said, we'll see you in the new year. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Merry Christmas.